An in-depth glance of the ins and outs of running and scaling a progressive group practice while remaining authentic to my core. And we are back for another episode of Authentic Practice. So for this episode, our second one, we will be discussing the key parts of private practice. Now, I want you guys to know that I am a visual type of learner, a visual type of storyteller. However, my storytelling is not the best or it's not perfect. It's authentic to me. Okay. Um, But I would love to start off this episode with kind of giving you guys a little background of um, a little bit more of a background of the key parts that were important as I built my private practice. So let's jump right in. So when I first uh, began looking for an office location, it was overwhelming. Um, I didn't realize how many spaces there were that were available for office buildings um, to lease. And I quickly found myself um, getting overwhelmed. Uh, We went to so many different, I lied, we only went to like three spaces. Um, maybe three or four, but that was enough for me. (laughs) Um, and I say that because our realtor, she's really awesome. She actually gave me like a pamphlet of different types of books, um, of all the different, um, open spaces. And, um, it's like, I know what I don't want. I didn't necessarily know what I did want, but once we finally made it to that fourth office space, I was like, yes. This is, this is what I want. This is what I was looking for. I didn't know it. Um, but before we found this like perfect gym, I went to a space that it, it looked awesome. Um, it was like, a, a, it was a second floor of this like house. Um, that was like the first floor was like two or three different offices. Um, and they were, you know, professional offices. And then this top floor, it was just really open. It was kind of lofty. Um, it didn't have an elevator. So it just had these like stairs that were kind of steep and it really didn't have like a full waiting area, but I was like, hell, it looked better than the rest of the things that I, um, had been looking at. Cause one space, like before that one, um, I wanted to look at and the realtor was like, no, we can't look there because the the office, the people that own the space were like, no, they've had therapists there and it was just like oversaturated with too many cars um, when doctor day would happen. And so, you know, they haven't really allowed any therapists back in that space. And I was like, well, <laughs> don't want them. So um, we found this other space, it's like lofty space. And I was like, oh my God, I think I love it. I think I'm in love. And um, and yeah, turns out, start asking more questions because I'm like a naturally curious person. And it was like, you know, we're in Louisiana, so it's hot. So like, what does this AC situation look like? And he was able to like say, well, you know, actually, and then it came out. So I said all that to say like, you know, n- nevertheless, I didn't go with that space. And it's so important to be curious, to ask questions, even if you don't know what you're doing. I had no idea. I had never looked at office space a day in my life before. 
So, you know, I didn't know. It felt right. Like I was thinking about like, oh, decorations and like, okay, well, where will my clients wait? Okay, they can wait there. And then what about like the receptionist or what about, you know, I just start playing around with things because you never know when you begin building something kind of what it's going to turn out to be sometimes um, or where you're, you might have um, a change in opinion. So that's, my story of like trying to find the perfect office building. And when I finally found the right one, I knew it was right for me, even though it had a little bit more space to it. It was out of my price range, um, but it wasn't until I was curious and just, you know, hey, you ask not, what is it? You have not, cause you ask not. So I asked, I'm like, is there any way like that I can get this in my price range? And my realtor works in Magic and allowed me to, you know, step step right on in and I didn't have to settle Um, and it was all about timing and it was just perfect for me. So as we continue to talk about the key parts of private practice, I want you to, you know, in your business, I want you to think about these three things. Well, really let's, let's go through that fourth thing in there. So it's four things that are super important when you're looking at building your, your practice. And the first one is the foundation. And that's important for many reasons. And the second one is the structure. And if you haven't caught on by now, yes, we are building a house. (laughs) The third thing is the decorations. And then the fourth thing is the key. All right. Stay with me. It's going to get good. So let's talk about the foundation. So with the foundation, there are key parts to every business and in your private practice that that's important. And the first thing is understanding you have to have an idea of of what you're doing you know this isn't a hobby at this point i'm sure a lot of you guys have your own license or you're able to practice independently so the things that are a part of the foundation include getting your business structure so knowing if you're going to be a sole proprietor you're going to be an llc you're going to have a partner um you're going to be a corporation this is very important to know. Do you need an, a, a lawyer? We, I would recommend it. If you can't afford it, there's tons of information out there on the website that breaks these, or on the internet that breaks these things down so you can figure out if that's something that you want. So you have, you get the business structure. So with the figuring out the business structure is important first because from there you can um, get your tax ID, which is free, and you can definitely do that on your own. And um, if you're in mental health private practice, you need an MPI. And your MPI is important because it's like your social security number, but for your business, um, for medical reasons, um, it's your national provider identification number. And this is free as well. And there's two types of MPIs. And so there's an MPI one, which is for the solo provider. That's just uh, for you. So every time you submit a claim or um, you're doing anything, you're going to have your MPI on it. And if you plan on having a group practice or you have a group practice or you're wanting to expand into a group practice, you would get the MPI too. Um, And this is for, this is a national provider identification number for your, um, your group. And it puts all, you would put all the different specialties and things in there. There's tons of research um, or information on the website. Use it, guys, use it. Use it while we have it, because you never know. 
So um, the next thing is, of course, having a physical address. Where will my like office be? Where will my mail get sent to? Where will my um, business be licensed in? Like if it's going to be licensed in the state of Louisiana, Texas, wherever you are, what is the address that I'll put on my business license that I'll receive mail from that I don't mind putting on my MPI um, because clients will have access to that. So that's where you don't want to put your home address um, unless you are doing therapy or something out of practicing out of your home and you don't mind that address being public. Um, some people do get PO boxes. However, if you do plan on at some point do billing for insurance, um, some places don't allow the PO boxes, but selecting a, a physical address is, is, is important. And you may find, um, that there are flexibility, flexible options or flexibility in terms of your lease because places can, and it just depends on the, the economy really. And if someone's wanting to go ahead and lock you into a lease, but they could, you could do something like get a sign a lease today, but you don't move in for three months from now. So you will be able to use that address, um, for mail, um, and to be able to take care of this foundational part of the business, um, until you're able to really step into it. So that's physical address. That's another important component of your, of your foundation. Um, another thing that's very, very important is your operating agreement. And you want an operating agreement, whether you're owning the business on your own, and especially if you're owning a business with someone else, so that you can outline, okay, when will we have our annual meetings? What is the expectation on decisions or who can pull out what money or when we'll get paid? Those things are very, very, very important. And of course, um, having a lawyer or an accountant to assist you with this um, is ideal and best case scenario. However, I myself, I couldn't afford that whenever I first started out. So I had to lean on Google, um, as my teacher and I allowed it to teach me. So I was able to take care of a lot of these things and building my foundation so that I felt comfortable enough to conduct business in a professional way. And that's most important to me is to be professional and do things the right way um, as much as I can. Because there's things that will happen where you just, you're ignorant of it or you just, you know, you, you didn't make the connections. And so you're going to make errors, you're going to make mistakes, um, but try to minimize those mistakes. So an, a last thing that I would put into your foundation of your practice is a plan. I am a planner and not one of those like, type A planners. Um, some people may beg to differ if they don't plan in their life, but I like to have at least a general like outline um, vision really of like where I'm going, where I'm trying to go. It doesn't have to be perfect along the way, but I really, it's important to have um, direction and you can't really go, you can't really make sound decisions if you don't have a plan or or an endpoint because if you don't have that endpoint then you won't know if this decision is getting me towards that endpoint this decision could just be just another decision that keeps me right where I'm at or pushes me backwards so those things are very very important when you're building your foundation and remember those things again are your tax ID getting an MPI a physical address operating agreement plan and um, 
again, some people that will be key in this first part of your foundation is an accountant or your lawyer, if you can't afford it. Um, there are all sorts of options out there. You know, people say you can go to your local chamber of commerce, um, you know, small business gov. Use what you got. I mean, if you know anyone who started a business, use them, you know, ask them, do they have any insight? Um, but most importantly, build a foundation. Don't just jump right into the decorations or jump right into the structure. Make sure you have a foundation. So let's go ahead and move on and talk about the structure. What is the structure of a business? So the structure are the systems and processes that are put in place. They are the policies or procedures. They are just as important as the foundation of the business because this is how you conduct business, you know? Um, do you do it in a professional, ethical way? Are, you know, when people call, do they immediately have someone that picks up the phone? Um, is your email turnarounds simple? Somebody booking a service with you, is that a simple process? From the time that they book the service to when they come in um, and, and, and then they leave, what does that process or system look like? What does it look like when you're paying yourself or you're paying your staff? Um, what is okay and what is not okay in your business? Um, what are the values of the business? Um, all of these things are important when you're looking at your business structure and you want to spend time with this. And this is not something that you sit with one time and you're done. I'm like, yeah, we're going to answer the phone on the third ring. We're going to make sure um, when a client comes in, we say hello, you know, we say goodbye, and then we charge their money after they leave and we pay ourselves once a month. You know, it's not going to be that simple. It's not going to be that easy. There will be changes. There will be things that and systems and processes that you put in place that will change um, because the needs of the business will change. And this is the heart of your business and you have to have your, your hand on your heart. Most of the time, you have to have your ear to the ground. Um, and, and the reason of this is because this impacts everything. If you're built on a good foundation, if you start building up your structure um, to be supported, when the wind blows, when when a pandemic hits, when all of these things happen, you won't be swayed. Your business structure will be sound. Um, you will know where you can adapt or where you can't adapt. So looking at your structure, I mentioned values. Values are very important. What are the values of your company? What do you guys value? Honesty. Is there, do you value, um, hungry staff. <laughs> I, I recently read a book called The Ideal Team Player and oh my God, it was so amazing. I immediately, okay, not immediately, maybe two weeks. I thought about it, processed it a little bit, looked at how it already was implementing in, in my business space and to how I wanted to implement it in my, in my business space. And then I had a meeting with my staff and I talked to them about the book and they loved it. And we talked about the different key parts of this book, which is the ideal team player. And it talks about smart, hungry, and humble people. And um, and it was really beneficial. My staff were like, you know what? I think 
we didn't realize that we had some of these um, values, but we do. And now we can be very clear when someone comes in and works with us, um, if they fit those attributes. And if they don't, then we know that they're not our ideal team player. They're not, you know, our staff, right? Um, And so it makes that much easier when we're in the hiring process or when people are being onboarded or when people aren't working out, you know, are you, are these values, are these the things that you're encompassing? So, Values are very, very important. They let your staff, your 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 clients, they let you know who you really are and um, what you stand for. Um, having policies and procedures in place. Oh my God! So I did make this mistake, um, <laughs> and I and it wasn't. Yeah, it was a mistake. I was trying to dress it up, y'all, and I can't. So. Um, I tried to get by with just verbal policies and procedures or, you know, nothing that was put together into one document um, that would be easily read or taken from staff members. And it just cost me a headache. Um, I'm a type of person where no matter where I am, I'm writing something down or I'm putting it in my phone. And um, I thought people thought like me. I thought people worked like me. And that was a, that's a lesson I still have to redirect myself on. Um, and so from knowing as you're building your structure, people don't think like you, right? Um, that's why you hire them, right? So you can have someone in there that has a different viewpoint, but maybe similar values. So these policies and procedures are so key and so important because this is what you will fall back on. When people get confused about their jobs, when people are unsure, when something serious happens, um, when people need to know chain of command, you can fall back on these policies and procedures and they're so, so, so important. And um, and maybe that's something we'll talk on in more in depth later on um, in this podcast, just about the difference, different policies and procedures and how um, important and key they are. But another thing that's really important in the structure um, in the mental health field is having an electronic healthcare record system. Um, having an EHR can help streamline and make things so much easier so you can spend more time on building out the structure or maybe living a little bit more in the decoration part of the business. But having an EHR is important for several reasons. Um, and the main one is just I guess, do I want to say flexibility? Perhaps it's not flexibility. Yeah, let's say flexibility. I mean, your your clinicians can work from wherever they are. Um, you have the flexibility of your billing staff to work from wherever they are. Um, everyone has access to, to everything um, that they have permission to. Um, and so the flexibility of that is just amazing. I mean, the, the paper chart locked in this room that people have to go in and sign in, sign out, like and keeping up with that is a lot and making sure the right chart is created and the right documents are in every chart. Um, with an EHR, it, it brings about that flexibility. So that is the structure and that is why having a structure is just as important as a foundation, but it is the second step, okay? Um, and you want to make sure you build in and think about your structure. now to our show sponsor. 
Authentic Practice, sponsored by Elated Counseling Services. Therapy, education, wellness. No matter what it is, they are on this journey with you. Now that we're back, one of my favorite parts of building a private practice is the decorations. And it's not just the physical decorations that go on the wall and the paint. It's just the branding, um, the vibe that is that excites me because this is where you really get to show your personality and um and and your and your people will find you because of this branding because of this aesthetic because they see you um early on i had a client you know i have tattoos i have like i have a lot so but they're not all like visible and so in one photo i end up taking for a headshot like you could see my tattoo and a client um specifically was like I went with you and I was like I'm not doing this damn counseling thing but once they saw my tattoo in the photo they were like okay if she has a tattoo like I feel comfortable coming to her and um she was like one of my favorite clients and so um also like our office space like we have clients who like it smells smells good when you come in and um, they always comment on it and they they even come are super early to appointments or they used to before the pandemic. Um, so they could just relax because it was so relaxing for them and they could just take a minute to like be more mindful of their of their time and their day um, because of the aesthetics of the office. Um, yes, I made newbie business owner mistakes by having um in the first year i think we had like several different looks and vibes um eventually i got it where it's pretty much all aesthetically the same um that means similar colors um fonts that means the logo oh god logos logos are so important and i feel like they can be the death of me because i'm a perfectionist and have not found the right one yet but it'll come um when it's time but yes, so decorations are so important in your house. Like, have you walked in a house and they didn't have anything? How did that feel? It was like, okay, like, if you don't like being here, then why are you bringing me up in here? Um, and so when you're when you're thinking about your business and, and you're putting things together, it does matter what things look like and it's not vain. It's really important to create an environment you have to be intentional about the environment that you create um that's why one of the most important things for me with my business is the culture um and the aesthetics um i am very particular about how it should feel in the office space and it doesn't have to feel happy i mean it has to feel authentic it has to feel um real it has to feel be filled with compassion all those things right accountability i know that's the one people don't really love but i do um because if we don't hold each other accountable if what is the purpose for me so decorations are super important when you're looking at your space and so um it'll look funny when it isn't cohesive when it isn't thought through when the name of your business is fuzzy pillow talks and when you come in there's nothing fuzzy about it it's sterile it's it's white and 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 super bright (laughs) um and it it sends a different kind of message and so you want to be mindful of the message that you're sending to your staff that you're sending to your clients 
that you're sending to yourself. So with those things in mind, how do I want to feel when I come into to work um, where it doesn't feel like work? We've had potential candidates um, for clinicians at, come in our office and they're just like astonished, like, oh my God, I love it. Like, I would love to work here. And it'd be like, yeah, I bet you would, but you got to make it through this process. <laughs> but I we appreciate the the little things right because it did take time i'm we still have pictures from when we first opened and the walls were bare cream we had those overhead you know it was like fluorescent lights that sometimes they make sounds like bugs are up there um to now it's it's a vibe it's a mood it feels like elated you know um and and i'm happy for that um because that's less work that i have to do on the back end so decorations while most people jump to that first they're already like even when you're building a house it's like okay i can see before i even bought the house before i didn't even pay my first mortgage no i didn't dress it up i didn't bought the sofa the sectional i didn't change the backsplash i didn't painted the bedrooms um i didn't planted some flowers in the front uh, before we do that think about the vision the priority what will make the most impact right now. And, and and you build from there, you go from there, but make sure your foundation is secure, your structure is built, and then you get into the decorations, okay? So let's see, the very, very last part is the key, right? So the key, does anyone, I wonder, do you have any idea like what the key may be? Well, I'll give it maybe a second for you to think about what may be the key yes if you if you figured this out you are the key what you bring to the table your services your niche your personality your dream your vision um, you're the key don't forget that that's something I struggled with I sometimes still struggle with because I had it in my mind that the staff were the key, you know, um, or the clients were the key to making the business run, to bringing about business success. And that wasn't true. Um, and I minimized myself. I didn't validate myself when I did this. And it made it not as exciting, but mostly the reason why I didn't remember that I was a key was because it felt uncomfortable for me. I had never owned a business. I never had this much responsibility of myself, my family and other clinicians. So it was easier for me to put myself on the back burner. But when I did that, I jeopardized the foundation. You see how it comes back? I did. I um, end up ended up allowing people to have voices in spaces that it wasn't their room to have a voice or a space. Not because they aren't worthy, but because I was the builder. I'm the builder. I'm the person who's leading and guiding this ship or or, or this house, since we're talking about the house. And it shifted the direction that we were going. And so by remembering that I'm the key and that a leader doesn't have to be 
the main the, at the seat of the table at the very head of the table i can sit anywhere but i'm still the key and if it makes sense with what other people that are sitting at this table are saying then yes let's go with that but ultimately the decision is mine and that's why it's so important to think through becoming a private practice owner because i wasn't prepared for this no one gave me a heads up I didn't have a mentor um, and I didn't really have anyone around me that had done the things that I'm doing. So keeping in mind that I'm the key, I'm the special ingredient in the cake. See, I'm now I'm <laughs> jumping to all these different analogies. Y'all just stay with me. But you are the key ingredient. You are the thing that unlocks that front door. Um, my team has told me, they're like, Allison, like, if you don't like work here, like we don't work here. <laughs> and they meant that on many, in many different ways. Um, because you, you will have your times when you're just exhausted, you're tired. You're like, why am I doing this? Like, I don't have the energy. Um, but there'll be days when you're just so grateful. And so it's, it feels so good to see what you've built, where it's come from, where it is today, where it's headed, um, where that excites you. And so remembering that you're the key is gonna be so important. Um, and I wanna say most important than, than all the other parts of private practice that we've talked about today. So until next time, um, think about the foundation, think about the structure, the decorations and the key and Figure out where have you spent more time and where do you need to need to spend more time. This will help you in getting your private practice thought through the way you really want it to. You have just experienced another authentic episode. Please review, rate, and subscribe. Remember, until next time, remain authentic in your practice.